It's a worldwide to infinity. <laughs> you know the roof on fire. We go boogie, oogie, oogie, jiggle, wiggle, and dance <laughs> like the roof on fire. We go drink drinks and take shots until we fall out like the roof on fire. Now, baby, get my booty naked, take off all your clothes and light the roof on fire. Tell them, tell them, baby, 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 the Ohio Hockey Digest is a foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I am joined by Jason Lewandowski, Scott Harrington and producer Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This segment of the Ohio Hockey Digest on here podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www.ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about drop-in skills and individual and small group sessions. Well, last week, boys, uh, it was an awesome conversation with Jeff Christian and his daughter, Tyler, uh, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but Unfortunately, due to some severe snow, we are all in our own homes today, and we are doing this show live, however, remote. I don't like this. Well, I, need to get a plow, I need to get a plow truck and uh, <laughs> drive myself through town. Yeah, it's just when, just when we were getting rocking and rolling and, and then putting links out so people could watch us uh, do this live. Well, here we are back at our houses and... It's comfy, don't get me wrong, but uh, not the ideal. But, hey, there was 16 to 18 inches of snow dumped on us last night. So what are you going to do? Yeah, no, it was it was bad. I know we all live in all different areas of, of the Cleveland proper. But, I mean, I was out there today, and I'm on the far west side, and we got about 11 inches of snow. Jay, you're on the far east south side. Yeah. Um, and, Scott, I know you're right on the lake. And, Danny, you're kind of stuck in the middle of it. So – uh, how are we all getting through it? I drove over all creation today because huh. my son, I dropped him off at a friend's house. He's got a friend that lives down. I'm not even sure what town it is. I don't think it's peninsula, but it's down by, uh, by blossom somewhere. Like when it's where it's all hilly and, and rural and all that. And uh, I, I ended up downtown killing some time and then driving down to see, to pick him up. And this, uh, Development had not been plowed, got stuck like four times. It was uh, from nine o'clock this morning to about four o'clock today. I was either driving in snow, shoveling snow, or, or digging my car or somebody else's car out of snow. How, how was Peninsula today? How was it down there? Yeah. Other, than, other, other than the neighborhood roads. Picturesque. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Down there. yeah. Sure, sure uh, look like a, a Hallmark moment down there with the snow. Yeah. They actually, I was worried because there's some pretty big hills uh -huh. under this kid's house, but I think they knew that those were problem areas and they took care of them first because it was not a problem. Everything was fine until it got to the development and it was not plowed at all. And yeah. it was uh, six tenths of a mile, I'm told, by the kid's father from there to their house. And I got stuck, had to get pushed out, got stuck again. It was a, it was quite an ordeal. But. Well, uh, you know, we could catch up, but it, it was again, Jay, I, I agree. I don't like this. You know, we were getting the rhythm of being with each other, kind of feeding off each other during this. Things were starting to get smooth, but 
you know, it is we'll, it is. We'll, we'll get back next week in, in the studio. Speaking of last week, uh, what a great conversation with Jeff Christian and his daughter, like I said, Tyler. You know, and Scott, you have a personal relationship with uh, Jeff from your time with uh, the Lumberjacks and his time with the Lumberjacks. Some of the stories that he that he was talking about, I mean, listen, we could go on for days to reminisce about that, but, you know, some of the Larry Gordon stories were, were priceless. Yeah, I felt like there was so much there. Like when I was putting together the notes ahead of time, I, I felt like we kind of glossed over a lot of stuff during this. You know, we could have gone on for another hour or two. Um, the, the best stories are the ones that were not told because his nine-year-old daughter was there with him, though. <laughs> <laughs> but but sometimes those stories are kept not to be told. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know, they're, they're, they're just they're just kept to happen. And not to be retold. But like you said, he made the most of it on the ice and off. He was uh, here in Cleveland during what was a great. It's right when I moved to Cleveland too, ninety four. What an exciting time it was. The the Indians were just killing it. Brand new, you know, ballpark and selling out every game and uh, opened up the Gund Arena and, and all that. And it was just uh, the flats were were crazy. It was uh, the Hall, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had just opened up just a great time to be in Cleveland. It was uh, very exciting. I liked his, uh, I played parts of what was it? Parts of eight seasons. Pittsburgh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. One of those parts was two games, but whatever. It's still part of a season, yeah. right? I think he and had I, 18 games in the show, but parts of five seasons. Yeah. And he was very candid with uh, some things that went on in his life and, and, and to see his, his persona, his, his, his demeanor, in speaking with those to see it live and, and to see how upbeat he was and how wonderful it was that <clears throat> to have his daughter Tyler in studio with us yes or last week, excuse me. And uh, I mean, like you said, Scott, we could have probably talked two to three hours with them just the way the stories were going. Yeah. That was a very colorful time in the uh, IHL as well with uh, Mr. Gordon owning the team and just, it's not, not the same anymore, but uh, you know, it was uh, just, cr- just crazy stuff. So too much, too much red tape these days. We got to get rid of the red oh, tape. Oh yeah, he literally. Uh, I kind of we we touched on it, but he literally traded a guy two days after the trading deadline because he just wasn't gonna. Nobody was gonna tell him no. He just bullied him. <laughs> Basically said, "This we're gonna do this, and uh, eh, that's the way it is." Right. Well, this week we're gonna go a little college uh, feel this week, um, and throw a little high school in there as well. Uh, this week we're gonna talk about the Hobie Baker Award, both college and high school, with John Doerr of the Hobie Baker Committee, and also talk with current college player from Toledo, Brendan Furry, who started with Toledo St. Francis, is now playing a key role in the nationally ranked Minnesota State Mavericks. But before we get to them, we talked a little bit about the crazy snow that's hit uh, Cleveland and other areas in this uh, uh, country. But uh, what else is going on? Danny, how you been, man? I am uh, doing all right. Um, speaking of the snow, you know, I go to break out the snowblower, and, of course, uh, the auger belt snaps on it today. So Today's a good day for that to happen. Yeah, you know. Um, and, of course, they don't have any in stock anywhere. you got to order it offline. So, luckily, our neighbor uh, let me use their snowblower to, to clear everything out. But the uh, just talk about it with the wife before we got on it's we're thinking a trip to Disney world will be happening very shortly here. So, Oh, Oh, wow. That's uh that's the next thing we are planning. Oh, making those big bucks. I like it. Planning, yeah, what, budgeting for that's managerial money. 
Danny, are you <laughs> drinking an original uh, lemonade? Um, it's the original lemonade cup, but it's just filled with ice water. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if you guys went somewhere today in a crazy snowstorm. No, we uh, we just stayed home. Did a whole lot of nothing. Sounds good. Love, what's going on with you, buddy? Good weekend this weekend. I said I was able to spend with you. <clears throat> oh yeah, we always have a good time. Uh, it was nice to get out of the cold and then into the snow. Uh, by cold, I mean the frozen tundra of Meadville, Pennsylvania, which was a great time and a fun trip as always. And uh, they put on a good tournament there, and they're always top notch with what they do. And it's great to see the boys playing hockey and playing some good hockey. So always fun. And then woke up this morning and came out to snow that was probably up to the middle of my truck. And I went, eh, it's not going to help anybody. So, you know, I'm like everyone else plowing myself out and then hanging out with the kids and doing snow angels. I haven't done snow angels in 20 years. I was, do- I was doing snow angels in the backyard today. So it was nice. Mm. How about yourself? Well, I'm the- I was the same way. Obviously, you know, we spent the weekend in Meadville and uh, the house of chills instead yes. of the house of thrills It is literally it was. 20 degrees clo- colder in the rink up at Meadville than it is outside. And it was about 10 degrees up in Meadville this weekend. So um, cold was the, the term, um, but you're right. But I, I do have to say that, and we're, we're fortunate. And this, this is, I think a lot of schools see this now. <clears throat> um, our, uh, the school that, that we coach at, our basketball team, I uh, was playing in Erie, which is 25, 30 minutes up the road from Meadville. And uh, uh, the coach brought the boys, the basketball team down to uh, watch one of our hockey games. And I, I think, what this pandemic has taught us uh, or has, you know, created in our mindset is that, you know, you don't take every day for granted. And we see more of this type of uh, uh, sportsmanship. Uh, It's not gamesmanship, but sportsmanship uh, in the world today. And, and so one, you know, huge shout out to our head basketball coach, Eric Flannery for doing that and the guys are coming down. But I think we're going to, I think we see more of that stuff and it. It was just, it was good to see, you know, it was good to see. And our guys were asking us, Hey coach, can we head up to Erie to watch a basketball game? Well, we would have done it. We were reciprocated it, but it's not even reciprocated. It's just doing it to do it. Uh, but it just didn't work out with the schedule. So you see more things like that these days. And it's kind of good to see. I think a, a lot of that is just the overall need to, to be together. You know, so much of, of schooling in the last two years has been remote and they weren't able to see each other or, or what have you. And, and when you get the chance to see your friends, man, take full advantage of it. You know, I, it, it was a wonderful thing. I actually, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. The number of uh, hot hands, the uh, hand warmers that the mm-hmm. basketball players yeah. had. Cause I mean, they were told it was cold. They didn't know how cold it was going to be. And I mean, they're dropping like 10 at a time out of their pockets. We're like, it's not even that cold in here today, but it was cool. It was definitely cool. And, and I think that, any chance that kids get to, to hang out and do their thing, which it, it, we, we took it for granted for so long and we take it for granted until it's cut off. And and now you really appreciate it. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was funny because the basketball coach was like, man, it's cold in here. I said, actually, it's not bad today. He goes, yeah. I'd hate to see what bad is then. Well, bad was that bad was the, what that next morning. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I mean, you see your breath all the whole game. It was like, we might as well just played outdoors. Brutal. Scott, what's going on with you, buddy? Uh, well, well, first of all, I want to say these guys are humble, so they won't mention, but you did come back from that trip with a little hardware. Uh, so good job. And it was uh, five games in three days, right? It was, yes. Plus, you had a league game on Wednesday. So uh, was it Wednesday? 
Yeah, Wednesday. Six games in uh, six games in six days. Yeah, so a busy stretch, but uh, but good job uh, this weekend. Now I was just gonna say I told you what how I spent my day uh, uh, in the snow, which I don't mind. But uh, every year I go through. Should I buy a snowblower? And I never, I never do it. How does a New Englander not have a snowblower? I don't mind shoveling. I really don't. And my 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 driveway is not so terribly long that I can't do it, you know. But every year I think ah, I should just get one. And I figure uh, if I buy one, there won't be any snow <laughs> at all. It, it's funny you say that because I was talking with my dad today, and he said, "When's the last time you had that that snowblower serviced?" And I said, "When I bought it." And he goes, Are "You kidding me?" And I said, "I've I use it like two to three times a year." Well, the now, belt I know snap if you don't, you know, if you don't service it. <laughs> apparently, Danny's over there shaking his head. Apparently, well, one of the dowel pins I snapped it off. I got stuck in a bank and snapped it off. So there needs to be some repairs. Yes, but hey, whatever. Let's see what's in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. Columbus Blue Jackets forward Jeffrey Hoffman returned to Switzerland just after Christmas for the birth of his child. He did not come back, however. He called to say he would be staying with his family and wished to resume his playing career in Switzerland. His contract has been terminated by the Blue Jackets. The University of Minnesota found themselves short a goalie after Jack LaFontaine signed with the Carolina Hurricanes last week. The Golden Gophers filled his spot with Youngstown Phantoms netwire, netminder, excuse me, Owen Bartosowicz. Yep, thanks for letting me do that one. He <laughs> begins his NCAA career a little earlier than expected. The Phantoms, in turn, brought in Clarkson recruit Jacob Fowler from South Kent School in Connecticut. Fowler should be in Youngstown through next season as he is scheduled to join Clarkson in the fall of 2023. The long list of Hobie Baker candidates is out and fans can vote at HobieBaker.com. We will hear more about this in a moment. The following players from the Ohio Hockey Digest coverage area were nominated. Carson Briere from Mercyhurst, Nathan Burke from Bowling Green, Austin Heideman from Mercyhurst, and Owen Norton from Mercyhurst. Clayton Knapp, a product of the Tri-State Spartans program in Sylvania, was named the North American Hockey League Star of the Week for the Central Division as he stopped 49 of 50 shots in a pair of wins. The U.S. Olympic roster was named, and there were a few Ohio connections. Former Miami University star Andy Mealy and goaltender Pat Nagel, who spent three seasons with the Toledo Walleye, were among the players who will be on their way to China to represent the United States. And three members of the Erie Otters appeared on the NHL Central Scouting midterm rankings. Goaltender Nolan Lalonde and a pair of defensemen, Spencer Stova and Christian Cairo. John Doerr is a member and past chair of the Hobie Baker Committee. 2022 marks the 42nd year that the Hobie Baker Memorial Award Committee embarks on selecting the winner of the most coveted award in college hockey. The Hobie Baker Award is given to the top NCAA men's ice hockey player in the nation. Winners are not chosen for raw skill or stat or character alone, though those are very important. They are selected for everything they do. Please welcome on air, John Dorr. John, first, tell us a little about your background in hockey. Uh, we know you were born in California. Uh, you played college hockey, Colby College in Maine. but That must have been a change, huh? going from California to Maine. Uh, and now you split your time between Minnesota and Cleveland. Fill in some of the blanks for us, if you could. 
Yeah, I'm actually was a little bit of uh, if misinformation. I was actually born in Detroit, suburban Detroit. So I played high school hockey in uh, in Michigan for Cranbrook. Played for Colby back in Maine, and then um, after college, got into the work and world, and eventually worked my way up to uh, to Minnesota, which is the home of, of the Hobie Baker Award. And I got involved with that about 25 years ago. How does one end up on the Hobie Baker committee? So <laughs> you, you have to be brought on by one of the existing members. Um, I happen to be working for Coopers and Library now Price Waterhouse Coopers, which is the auditor of the award back then and still is today. And so I, uh, I just tagged along with one of the partners to a meeting and um, kind of funny, keep in mind, this is the mid to late 90s one of the older accountants or lawyers on the committee said, there's something going on out there called the World Wide web. And we need somebody to look <laughs> at it. And I was the youngest guy probably by about 15 years. So I got tasked with that assignment and, and here we are 25 years later, but it'll never take off just a fad. <laughs> it'll never, that's right. Trust me. I, 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 I uh, hit my challenges learning how to get a website up and running, but um, but you have to be nominated and brought on by one of the existing members. We have about 20 members up in Minneapolis uh, and, and, and a couple in other cities out around the U.S. All right. So you're on the administrative side, not a voter. But That's could correct. You, could you walk us through the process of, of selecting the winner each year? Sure. I'd uh, love to. So currently what's happening, uh, the first phase is called Vote for Hobie. That's where fans can go online and vote for their favorite candidate. Uh, that list that's on there now on our website is is not our players that have been nominated by the sports information directors at the various colleges. So I think it's I think we've got seventy seven players up there now, um, and that that vote counts for one percent of the overall vote. Um, that's that's uh, information that's on our site. The, the official phase one vote will send a ballot to all every division one head coach in the country. And they will return that ballot towards the end of February. We'll, we'll tally the ballots or PricewaterhouseCoopers will tally those ballots. And from that list, we will get the Hobie, the Hobie top 10, as we call it. That gets announced in mid-March. And then our selection committee steps into the process. And that's 30 members consisting of coaches, referees, scouts, and media, such as yourselves, um, who will discuss the top 10 candidates. We have a conference call. They'll submit their ballot, and from that we will get the uh, we'll get the winner. So, in your opinion, after all the years of doing this, yes, who do you think was the most deserving player who didn't win the Hopi Baker? <laughs> uh, there have been a couple of years where it's been really, really, uh, really tight. Um, yeah. And so, I'd say I'll say this in general: the goalies have a have a tough go. Uh, we've only had two goaltenders ever win. Um, and it's just tough as a goalie to, 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 to win the Hobie. And so that's, that's probably one of the reasons that the Mike Richter award got started a few years back. But um, so we've had a couple of well-deserving goalies who probably didn't get a fair, who probably could have easily won the award. Well, we have a small viewership. We did put you on the spot for a reason. Small viewership. You can go ahead and name names. It's okay. <laughs> Um, well, trying to, rem I'll say this one year, our chairman was a, uh, a Notre Dame alum 
And so, and, and I know there's a there was a goaltender named Mike Brown who played for Notre Dame and had a hell of a year. And he, I think, came in a uh, what I assume to be a close second place. So that's that's one that's always discussed lively uh, at, at Hobie committees whenever whenever he speaks about guys who should have won. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, who else? I'm, yeah, mo, mo, I, we're pretty famous for saying in our committee, we get, you know, the, the voters get it right every year. So haven't had too many, but we thought, they, you know, it, it was, they got it wrong. I understand. Who are the, who are the two goalies? Do you know uh, off the top of your head? Rob Stauber. I was going to, that was one I could name. From I don't the know. Gophers in, in 88 and Miller from the uh, Spartans in 2001. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a hell of a college coach. Yeah, his, his his save percentage, I don't know what it was, like 0.92 or something like that. Crazy. Um, so in addition to the Hobie Baker Award that we all know about for the college players, there's also the Hobie Baker High School Character Award um, for high school players. Um, first of all, uh, what does that represent or reward in a, in a player? So the, the High School Character Award was started about 20 years ago to try and expand, expand the, the brand, the, the concept of character and excellence into the high school level. Uh, we're in about 27 states today. We hand out about 900 awards every year. And what it represents is it's more of a best kid award, if you will. It's about character, sportsmanship, excellence on the ice, off the ice, in the community. Um, and it's awarded by the coach um, of each team uh, to the player on, on the team that best fits that description. So, and, John, real, real, real both, quick. Both boys and, boys and girls teams are eligible throughout the country. So you, you, you mentioned the criteria for that in, in the high school level, and that, that kind of teaches for us that are in the high school uh, coaching world, that's teaching our, our boys and girls, listen, the, the award that's handed out to the greatest hockey player in college hockey these same characteristics are what is awarded on as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will tell you guys, we have had years at the college level where the best on ice player did not win the home. And, and that's because he, he, cause the, you know, cause he's got the worst reputation with the officials or something that happened off the ice. It hasn't happened often, but there have been a couple of years where it was clear that that was the reason that person didn't win the award. And I think in that regard, you know, we're a little bit different than the Heisman trophy. You know, it's just not all about what happens on the ice. And, and so for, for players at the high school level to win this award um, you know, it's less, it's less about scoring goals and more about playing the game the right way and being, being a, being a sound person on and off the ice. That's great. And uh, so who is eligible in terms of this? Is this uh, for the coaches that are listening out there strictly for OHSAA varsity programs? Yeah. So general historically, the way we've run it through the athletic associations, that's been the, the, the most efficient way for us to try and reach the maximum number of schools. So anybody who's qualified, who falls under that umbrella would be qualified for this award. And how would a coach go about submitting a player? Yeah, so there you can go online um, to our website, and um, there's a email address that you can send to. I think Scott, you may have that. If somebody wants to contact you, we can make sure that they get that. 
but they get they submit their name online and they, they'll get a password back from us and that'll allow them to go in and, and submit the name uh, that they want to nominate for their player. And then uh, they will receive, so every player, every winner receives a plaque, uh, a framed certificate um, with their name on it. And we, we try to make sure that that gets out in time for the end of season uh, awards so that can be awarded at the award show at, at their banquet. If, uh, if the coach, um, chooses to do it that way. And there is, for all the coaches listening out there, there is a, a story up on Ohio Hockey Digest right now that has all the links in there that you need. So uh, go to ohiohockeydigest.com and, and look that up. Um, we have a little more time with you. Let's just talk some college hockey. Um, how much do you watch uh, each year in person on television? Yeah, I watch probably more. I'm a, I'm a casual fan. Um, you know, I, well, A, you're trying to bounce around the various channels, depending on where you're at to see who's even, who's even on, but it's gotten pretty good with the big 10 network and plus that you can, can see more games. So I probably watch, I try to watch one or two games a weekend. Um, being from Detroit, I'm a big 10 fan. So I try to watch those games. Haven't lived in Minnesota for 25 years. Jason, I see you're wearing a North Dakota sweatshirt. Yes, uh, you should come to one of our meetings because we have good duels between the North Dakota guys and the Minnesota guys at our meetings. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it gets hot. I'm sure it gets a little heated. Yeah, there's some some pretty good barbs thrown around at our meetings. We have good representatives on both sides. <laughs> um, great hockey up in Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, so and and obviously I play it on the East Coast. So I love trying to catch as many games as I can, but probably not as much as I wish I could. What are your uh, thoughts? Say, what, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No left. Go ahead. I, I was this is why you. I hate doing this through Zoom. I know, because <laughs> usually we can point to each other and touch each other's arms. But my, my question was about uh, Team USA using a lot of college players for the Olympics. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously, some of the best players are going to be uh, in China in February. So, you know, knock on wood, they all stay healthy because as long as they get back, uh, in the States, I'd say by March 1st, you know, hopefully the voters won't, we'll see that as an, I mean, they, the official rules are you have to can play in 50% or more of your team's games to be eligible to win the Hobie. So that shouldn't be a problem um, from that standpoint. Um, I think, I think they're slated to miss what three weekends of college play maybe. So it's, it's obviously it's, 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 it's something they all want to do and that's something they should do. Let's just hope they all get back by March 1st and can finish out the college season so the best teams and the best players are, are playing playoff hockey in March uh, in the U.S. Hey, John, real quick about that. As the NHL took a stance and said that they were not going to allow their players to, to attend, um, I, I, you know, people can make up their own uh, thoughts behind that, but did the NCAA ever think about making that uh, restriction? I did not hear that. Um, my guess is that they were going to let the players make their own decisions and the schools make their own decisions. And, you know, I have seen what happened last year uh, with, with uh, Owen Power at Michigan, where Michigan, he was a freshman and Michigan didn't want to let him go play in the World Junior term, Tournament because um, he had just gotten to school and was getting acclimated. So 
I, you know, it's rare that even that happens, but I doubt the NCAA. I mean, the college players have been playing in the Olympics since what, the 80s? I mean, so, or even before that. So um, going back, way back. So I think it'd be hard for them to step in. And even with the, with the virus and say, you're not going to go, like I said, I just hope they stay healthy over there. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess my, my point of the question was not to say you can't go, but maybe put in a restriction. Like if you come back, you're mand- mandatory 14 days. That's no. going to take you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. you kind of make it tough on the, on the kids. Yeah. I, I'm glad I, they didn't. I'm glad they did. I, but I haven't knows? heard that. And I hope they're not getting any ideas from you. <laughs> no, I hope not either. <laughs> Trust me. Well, the big concern is that they test positive over there. Right. That's the concern, right? Cause then, then they're screwed. That, that's what the NHL players were saying. We're not worried about going. We're not worried about getting the virus. We're worried about testing positive in China and being told we have to stay there for three weeks. Right. That would be, that would be a disaster for college hockey. I think certainly those teams that are sending multiple players. So how many guys is Michigan sending power? Michigan is sending four, two for two for Canada. The Gophers are sending at least three. I think, I don't know about the Sioux code. I guess I should can't call them anymore. North yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. We do. We do. It's we talked to Dave Starman and we told him the same thing. We're still calling it the fighting Sue. It's okay. Okay. So so Dave is a great contributor to our committee. He's he's, he's our number one guy. Even if he's not on the com- voting committee, he's our consultant. So interesting you mentioned his name. Yeah. I was gonna say, have you ever brought up a player and he's like, I don't I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> no. He- <laughs> <laughs> No, nope. yeah. Dave's got the background on every player. Yeah, he absolutely does. Um, yeah, but I was just thinking about what you were saying with four Michigan players. I mean, that's a just a juggernaut team that they have. Can you imagine if you know they go into the tournament and they got they're missing four guys? Yeah, it'd be it'd be tough for Michigan, and they kind of you know they you remember last year they were all set to play Duluth. Uh, I think it was in North Dakota, wasn't it? And in, in or in, or South Dakota, and uh, they had to shut it down because of the virus. So, but like I said, let's just hope all all the players come back ha- healthy, and you know, no injuries, no illnesses. And we uh, we couldn't do what we wanted to do last year in Pittsburgh. You know, our our award was announced on ESPN, which was nice. I mean, we got prime time coverage from from John Butchergrass and his team. But it was late Saturday night at 11 o'clock. You know, we, we plan to be in Boston this year on the Friday. And we're finalizing plans right now as to where that's where that announcement's going to be. But we're planning on running a, our full show, which is televised on NHL Network, and announcing our winner like we always do uh, on the off day of the Frozen Four. So what other types of uh, events or happen around the announcement of the award. I assume there's obviously a, a banquet and some media. Yeah, the bank. The banquets. It, actually, we've kind of changed to uh, a golf outing. Uh, we used to have a banquet in St. Paul, but we've we've moved to a golf outing. So any golfers out there, uh, you are certainly. It's open to the public. We play up in St. Paul uh, in August, and a lot of the winners come back for that, and it's just a great time. And so we play 18 holes of golf up in St. Paul, and then we have a banquet. The winner's there. Um, we have a legend of college hockey announced every year. That'll be coming up in early 
late February, early March, we'll have our, our, our the next legend of college hockey. And then, and we try to get some of the high school winners there uh, as well. So that's kind of our, our new banquet slash golf outing. And that's, we've done that two years in a row now and it's worked really well. And then, John, you know, we're, we're all out in Boston. We'll be out in Boston this year doing a variety of things, getting ready for the announcement on Friday night. Is there a lot of college hockey in Boston? <laughs> Just John, we, we, we work for uh, uh, Scott for the Ohio Hockey Digest. And so I, I don't you think him taking us up to that golf outing would be an awesome idea? I think it'd be great. I think we all should right. also be a lot. I, I think we should also go to Boston. For, well, for the look, for the announcement as well. I, I think we I mean, I think, think we need somebody fair. like I think we need someone like John to really push uh, uh, the head man over here, Scott. <laughs> it's a good time. It's in Boston, Scott. We, you could always take us right up the road. Yeah, show, show us where you grew up. Sure. Well, we we're moving to a live format, so we're looking to go on location here now and then. So maybe maybe that's one we can do. It looks like you're wearing a Bruins hat there, Scott. Yep. Yeah, and it probably has a UNH sweatshirt on too. Uh, Wildcats. What? Hold on, I might actually have one on. I, I see. It wouldn't surprise you. You? No, I don't. You East Coasters, man. Come on. Nope. Jason Krog. He was our eighty or a ninety-nine winner, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He's a little after me. From UNH. Yeah. That was out in Anaheim of all, of all places. It was a good one, Mark Mowers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're fingers crossed that everything comes together and they can have a full fledged tournament here in Boston. Well, hey, John, we want to thank you for coming on uh, the show. We want to thank you for uh, educating our listeners on how the committee works and how the process is getting the high school kids involved in the same criteria, same process to make sure that all of our hockey players, not just hockey players from all levels, but that we're all under one understanding of not only on the ice, but off the ice as well is what gets you that prestigious award. So we thank you for coming on the show tonight. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me. We'd love to build the award uh, to to greater heights here in Ohio and get as many uh, young men and hopefully women involved as possible. Great. Thanks again, John Doerr. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight. API is easy to use, affordable technology designed specifically for amateur hockey provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use the API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate reports and simplify video review. Athletic Performance Insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about how this tool and view a demo video. Brendan Fuhrer was a part of the 2015 Ohio State Championship team at at Toledo St. Francis playing in the Knights' 3-1 win over St. Edwards in the title game. Brendan played two full seasons in the USHL and landed a scholarship at Minnesota State University, where he is a sophomore in the Mavericks and, well, after this weekend, second on the team with 19 assists and third with 26 points. Please welcome on air, former St. Francis Knight, Brendan Furry. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks for joining us. As I said before, yeah. Hey, so let's start off with your high school. Uh, You played at Toledo St. Francis and you played for Chris Varga. Uh, 
winning a state championship. Yep. Talk, talk us through that whole experience. It was, I, I made the decision to finally quit travel hockey and move, make my move to high school. Um, so when I made that switch, uh, we had a pretty powerhouse team and, uh, I went in, I was nervous as all hell, uh, trying to make that team. Um, and then, uh, we had a really good squad and, uh, I mean, luckily we ended up squirting out a, you know, a three, one victory against Ed. So I know you guys will really appreciate that one. Hey, <laughs> all right. Hey, listen, Brennan, th- just... Thanks for, co- thanks for coming on tonight, Brennan. Good to see you again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the host of the show, brother. <laughs> what, what, what was your decision to 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 move from the travel hockey into the high school hockey? I think the biggest decision for me was, uh, you know, when you think of high school hockey, uh, it's nothing really like it is here in Minnesota. Um, I, I think it's more laid back and relaxed, and you're playing for your students, and you know, you want to play in front of those big crowds and stuff. So. I think I finally made the decision that, uh, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to play in front of my classmates and uh, I knew we had a really good team. So I think that had a really big part of the, my life. So when, when, after your junior season, did you finish all four at, at Francis? Yeah, I did. Yeah. all four. Oh, oh, okay. So then after the, after the uh, senior season, where did you end up going next? I went to Beltire, played okay. my U18 year there. Perfect. And, and what, what was your decision for then going, I guess, back to the travel forum to continue on? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a unique story. So I was actually, I was basically done with hockey after high school. I didn't really think I was going to continue my career. Um, I was actually enrolled into BG and I was going to go try out for the club hockey team. And like, well, I was going to room with one of my kids from high school, uh, one of my buddies, and um, that was it. And then I got an opportunity. Uh, I talked to a couple local pros, uh, Rick Judson in the area. Um, he was a big guy, part of uh, the Bell Tire program, and he offered me, uh, you know, an opportunity to go try out for a summer tournament. Um, I went up there, played well, and uh, I got offered a spot immediately after that weekend. Um, and then I sat down with my parents, and they're like, if we're going to fork out this money, uh, you know, it's like ten grand to play up there, somewhere around there. Uh, you're going to start putting in the work to, you know, to, to go farther in hockey. And I told him, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And I got in the gym and started really, really making that jump from, you know, just being a high school player to actually, maybe I have something here. Um, so that was my big decision. Sat down with my parents and I had a really good year at uh bell tire and uh, I got a couple of junior looks from there. So it was really cool. That's amazing. So, that's really amazing that you are going to go play club at BG. No offense to coach Rischel. We've had him on the podcast, but that you went from there and you're now, uh, you know, a, a nationally ranked team at Minnesota state. So, uh, going to the USHL, you were not drafted. Um, I assume that was through some type of tryout process. How'd you end up, um, with Omaha? Yeah, it's actually a really funny story. So, uh, I had, uh, you know, like a little, we had like a kind of like a team advisor kind of guy, if you want to call him whatever, at Bell Tire. And he kind of helped us out uh, with some tryouts. And um, I'm actually getting ready to go to my family, one of my cousins getting married or something like that. And my mom's like, like, you're not going to this tryout. Like, she doesn't know anything about the USHL. I don't know anything about the USHL. Um, so this advisor, he ends up 
he's like, I'm coming to pick you up right now. We're driving to Omaha. And we drove overnight through the night, uh, got there in the morning, skated in the afternoon, uh, went to camp and made it as a free agent uh, in Omaha. So uh, it's actually a really cool story too. So I just picked up, got on the road and um, got offered a spot on the 30 man. And then obviously made a good impression uh, throughout like training camp and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Not a, not a bad road trip. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> oh, it's definitely worth it. At the end, my mom was, uh, she was more uh, relaxed about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so to give people an idea, who are some of your teammates in Omaha? Uh, with the, the Lancers, right? And who, that have gone on to college hockey? Uh, let's see. Uh, Cole Gallant, he's at Western right now. Uh, Nick Kerbix, he's at St. Cloud. Um, Zach Driscoll, he's at Nodak. Uh, just, there's, uh, you can go down the list. I'm trying to think. Gosh, there's so many guys there. Uh, there are a lot of, some of them went and played pro. Uh, Philip Succi was our leading scorer my first year. He's over in the Czech League somewhere. Um, so, yeah, we had a pretty good squad that year. Uh, we made a good push in the playoffs, ended up losing our cup champion. So, so in your second year, uh, you ended up as the captain. Is that appointed by the coaches, a vote of, among your teammates? How does that work? Uh, that was appointed by uh, my coach at the time. Um, I We did a vote. But I think obviously it's overseen by your, you know, the coaches. But uh, I, uh, he, he mentioned to me before going into the season that he wanted to appoint me as the captain. Um, so it was a, you know, it, it made the decision to go back pretty, pretty easy. Uh, you know, everyone wants to be that leader and be and be the role guy for a team, uh, especially in, in the United States Hockey League. Uh, so it was really cool um, to have that honor. So it was a vote, but the coach had his thumb on the scale, so to speak. Uh, what, what were some of the things that you think you did right your first year there that uh, made him want you to be the coach in year two? Well, the funny thing is, is he told me going in, he's like, yeah, you're not in shape to play here. But he liked my work ethic and uh, he, he thought I competed well. And he, uh, I was actually – so I led the tryout camp in points. Um, and he said that was the reason why. And and I went tramp and had a pretty good training camp. Uh, I think I was a point per game in the preseason. Um, so I uh, did very well there. And I think it was more so of the underdog story, I think, is what he hit on. And we we really were tight. Uh, Wilkie and I, uh, we got along really well. And uh, uh, he was a huge mentor for me in taking next steps in my hockey career. Um and I think we just got along really well and he saw me as a leader and uh, I, I consider myself a leader as well. So I think it was just a perfect fit. And I was just coming off shoulder surgery as well. You know, he helped me through my rehab process and he was texting me every day and it, you know, it just makes you feel appreciated and you, you want to have that relationship with, you know, your coach. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to, you know, come back. So uh, I assume at that level, he's the head coach and also the general manager. Um, yeah, he was. And so he had, he ended up trading you <laughs> halfway through mm -hmm. the second year there. So what, uh, what were the circumstances around that? Um, uh, was it a chance to get you to a team that was going to the playoffs or, or what happened there? Uh, so we didn't get off. So the first season to my second season, we had a completely new team. Um, we were brand new players. Uh, we didn't get off to a hot start. They were very young and 
he told me halfway through just about around break the trade deadline coming up he wanted to give me an opportunity to go win a Clark Cup in my last year as an age out um so uh, it was mutual it was both ways I hated to leave that place because I it was my second home um but he wanted me to you know get me to go chase a Clark Cup that year um so like I said it was mutual but uh sucks to go but you know it is what it is uh, so you went to, I believe it was Tri-City. Is it, was it unsettling joining a team in, you know, midstream like that? And how did it work out in the end for you? Yeah, it was, it was, it's never easy to go into a locker room, but uh, going in, uh, they, they had a lot of respect for me. I think uh, I was, uh, you know, coming from a team, I, I had a little, my chest, I think a little more respect early, uh but they were so welcoming, uh, Anthony Noreen and Tri-City, all those guys. Uh, we were we were a pretty dominant team, and they were Shane Pinto uh, that year. He's with the Senators right now. Um, Ronnie Adderd, who's at Western, and Zach Jones, who plays for the Rangers, or he might be in their A right now system. But uh, just loaded with a bunch of talent. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they were welcoming and i think we all had the same goal in mind was we wanted to win a clark cup we ended up winning the anderson cup and and you know we're just shy short in the conference finals so uh you talked a little bit about you know you left triple a went to high school went back to triple a so um at that point uh you know obviously colleges or college hockey is 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 what's next uh, or or the OHL or whatever it may be. How early in your return back to AAA or maybe even high school? Because you, you didn't say it was high school because you said you weren't. You're just going to go to BG. But how early in the process yeah. of your AAA year did colleges start to come talking? I'm sorry, not not um, your junior, not not AAA, but your junior year. Uh, junior year of which one? The, so junior juniors USHL. No. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the process was, I actually tendered in with, uh, Amarillo when I was in Beltire, I went down there and played seven games after the season was over. My head coach, the guy that tendered me actually went and, uh, uh, got an assistant coaching job at Niagara. And that was the, basically the first school I talked to and they offered me a, uh, you know, a full ride and, they kind of were like, they hopped on me early uh, and they saw potential in me. So that was, I ended up committing to Niagara before I even played co- a lick of college hockey or even junior hockey. So I was locked up before I even knew what, I guess, my ceiling was. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a crazy experience. Everything just started happening at once. It's like, you know, you go from high school right to AAA. And then I went right into juniors and, and ran that process of, you know, trying to figure out where, you know, trying to make it, you know, the Lancers and stuff. I had no idea what even college hockey was. I barely knew what the USHL was. So um, they hopped on me early and uh, yeah, I ended up committing there. I thought it was, you know, the coolest thing in the world, but uh, I didn't realize, you know, I guess what my ceiling was. So um, yeah, I was always thankful for that opportunity from them, but obviously right. I'm here. other than Niagara, uh, what other schools did you, did you talk to? Um, I was, uh, I had a decent amount, uh, after my second year was over in the USHL. Um, I made the decision late, I think it was somewhere in March of my second season, just before the end of the season, uh, with Tri-City, 
I was talking, I talked to a lot of big name schools, a lot of the Michigan was one of them, Western Michigan. Um, I had an opportunity to go back to, you know, go to Bowling Green, which it would have been funny. Um, I, I had a lot of options, which, uh, was really cool. And, uh, you know, you're as a kid that, you know, is considered an underdog, it was kind of overwhelming at one point. So, so you go through the process with all these schools, uh, or the ones that you were talking to and, and you decide on, uh, your current, uh, school right now, Minnesota state, why there? Uh, that decision is I, I, they were in the mix a little bit before I committed to Niagara. They talked to me, uh, just like at, when I was at Omaha's camp and they just said, Hey, we'd like to continue watching you, but we just wanted to introduce ourselves. Um, so I think they were always in the picture. Um, and in my case, things and the staff here is unbelievable. Uh, the way we get treated, I mean, we're, we're treated like professionals. They take care of us. Um, and uh, our facilities are top, top class, top tier. I don't think you can, you can go around the college hockey. I don't think you're going to find better than what we have. And um, uh, just uh, like, uh, you'd have to say the camaraderie, this whole place, all the way up from your coaching staff down to your, you know, your brothers, uh, this place is unreal. And throughout that recruitment process, they made this place feel like home. And uh, I jumped on it right away. So you're at Minnesota state. Is it, you, you played fro in the frozen four as a freshman. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So uh, like athletically as a freshman, uh, sophomore uh, uh, in the books, I guess, school wise. Yeah. Okay. So you defeat uh, Minnesota in the regional mm -hmm. final, you turn around and you end up losing to St. Cloud, the national semi. That's a lot to absorb in your first full athletic season in college. Did, did at any point, did any of that, like make your head swim where you're like, man, I mean, you spoke earlier, you go from high school to, to, to triple a to junior to junior uh, now college. And, and here you are in your second season or in your second school year, first uh, playing season in the national semifinal. How, how did you absorb all of that being so young in the, into the uh, campaign? You know, that's, it's something that you look back on and I've said it before. I, even, I just talked to my mom not too long ago about it. And I'm like, you know, who would have thought that I would have been where I'm at right now? Um, it, it's just a crazy experience. And when you go through that, it's, uh, you know, Hasty does a really good job at making um, a the level. Um, and we just outwork games. Um, and that was our dog that everybody no one really put that regard name and we went in and we wanted to just prove everyone wrong so um i think it was just really cool uh at the end of the day you just end up going and playing hockey uh so uh it, it was just a really cool experience all right so the, you you said how uh in going to the national tournament and all that playing and everything you were just playing hockey staying in the moment and, and just doing what you've trained to do do you now feel more confident uh, heading into the NCAA tournament this year. Oh, absolutely. That's a, uh, it's a big thing to, to you, you always want to look back at the past and, and look at what you've done so far, but we, you know, in Minnesota state, we have this mentality here that we haven't earned the respect from the league uh, that we think we deserve. Uh, and we are continuously, you know, a top dog and 
that's what we want to prove to people. So going into the tournament, I think it's just sticking to what we've done best all year. Um, we go in and, and we're going to outwork you and we're going to make it hard to play uh, against us. And uh, that's, that's our mentality, but yeah, absolutely going into the tournament uh, last year, our program never had an NCAA tournament win. So finally getting that monkey off the back, being able to just go out and play. Finally, you feel like you get that relief. And uh, I, I think the team and the vibes are, we'll be ready to go come tournament time. Well, with everything that you've gone through and saying the, the underdog story and the underdog and underdog and underdog and the chip on the shoulder and, and with, with Mankato and wanting to uh, uh, get the respect you guys deserve. You know, you guys are number two on the poll last week, number one in pairwise. I'd say you guys are uh, kicking doors open and making yourselves known, which you, you have for, for a new number of seasons so far. How does it feel to look in a, in a pairwise or USCHO or the stat line, USA Today comes out, whatever the heck it is, and it, it shows Mankato sitting up there at the top? How does that feel for you guys, for you personally and the team? Uh, yeah, it, it, well, that's – it's a feeling that you, you, you feel accomplished at the, at this, you know, in the moment, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you gotta, you gotta take what's given to you, uh, you know, in the moment and what you got and be an everyday or um, coach reiterates that a lot. And um, we try not to look too far ahead here. Um, those polls really right now, I mean, they're important obviously for rankings and seedings come the end of the season, but uh, you know, we try not to focus on that and we take it, day by day and week by week and who we got, you know, coming up this weekend. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they're last place or, if they're, you know, the next best team, uh, you know, we're going to bring our all every single, every single night. You guys have any, uh, any bets with your teammate, Nathan Smith, who was just uh, named a team USA for the Olympics. Does he need to bring anything back from China for you guys or what? They better bring something back for me because uh, I'm sure going to be watching. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that kid deserves everything. He uh, He's worked for it, and uh, it's really cool to be, a, you know, just to be able to talk to him about it and how excited he is. And he's got Hasty going with him too. So um, that kid's, you know, done it all. He's been our, our kind of our go-to guy, our star power Um and, uh, you know, it's just really cool to see him get that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I, that, you know, he better bring something back for me. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, Brendan, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, again, like you said, congratulations on, on a great career. And, and you're just starting. And, and we know we're going to see a lot more of you and, and read and, and watch a lot more of you. So congratulations on where you're at today. And best of luck moving forward. Um, Thanks for taking the time to join us tonight and talking uh, a little hockey with us. And, and uh, it's always great to see uh, an Ohio guy succeed like yourself. So uh, keep that uh, work ethic and keep that going forward. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully I can get some Minnesota state grub and we can get rid of that Ed stuff. Hey, eh? yeah, there you go. All right. Size extra large. Don't just size extra large. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brennan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, two good guests there, guys. And, and um, you know, it, it, both college hockey discussions, um, you know, first the Hobie Baker Award. I, I, I kind of really appreciate the fact that, you know, the Hobie Baker Award that we talk about is the, the best uh, hockey player in the country. 
is not only just based off of uh, performance. You know, we do know other sports in this, in this world that they just base it off of performance, no matter what happens off the ice or you know, whatever it may be. So that was good to hear. I'll tell you this and I'll tell you, I'll tell it to you for free. Tell it to me for free, Jay. Quoting our friend, the number of people that we've spoken with at any level talk about good people being respectful, doing things the right way. The Hobie Baker awards you for that. Whether it's the high school level, whether it's the, the collegiate level NCAA, it, it's, it's building better people. You, you have to be a good person in this world and in a world that is so full of donkeys. <laughs> it's good to talk about rewarding those that do things the right way. Eeyore, Eeyore. <laughs> yeah, it was then, cool to hear John say that there was a there was at least one that he knew of that didn't win because he was chirping at the officials all the time and didn't meet the uh, you know the character work ethic part of the equation. Uh, that's great, and it ended up uh, dovetailing nicely into our second guest. I got to be honest, when I reached out to the uh, athletic department at Minnesota State to see if they'd put me in touch with. Brendan, I knew, I knew, you know, he came, he played at St. Francis and moved his way up. I had no idea the extent of the underdog story, as he put it, uh, was on his way to play for the club team at Bowling Green. So if we didn't say this at the top, he is the second leading scorer on the number one team in the NCAA and is halfway through his sophomore season. And his plan was to go sit in a dorm room and play club hockey because um, he was done with hockey. That's crazy. That's insane. That's awesome. That's a great story. I mean, in, in, in fairness, there are guys out there that could be playing in the National Hockey League that just at some point decided, I don't, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And for him to, I, I don't want to use the word parlay. That's, a, I guess, a betting term, but he parlayed it, man. He was like, you know what? Wait a minute. Hold on. Got this offer at Beltire and ran. I mean, the, the fact that his mom was saying, you're not, you're not going to this, this camp. And the, the uh, advisors <laughs> like get in the car, we're going. And then next thing you know, he's the captain of the team. And next thing you know, he's bouncing and he's, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, we, we put aside the fact that his ribbing of from St. Francis, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, good for him. Good on him. That work ethic, that that's, that's something ingrained in you that it, you're not going to take no, and you're just going to keep working. As he said, be an everydayer, be in the moment. It was fun. it was fantastic. Yeah, and we didn't belabor the, uh, or follow up on this, but he did say he was talking to Michigan. A lot of kids would have just taken the Michigan spot, just as you know. Oh, it's Michigan. Well, especially coming out of Toledo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean they they be they bleed blue up there. I know. I know right. their license. I know their license plates say Ohio, but they ain't, there ain't nothing about Ohio up in Toledo, man. Well, I tell you what, we've got. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Duke, who we will get on the podcast at some point. Uh, I mean, he's a an NHL draft pick, you know, U.S. national team development program. He's playing on the fourth line right now because they're just stacked. They're just stacked. And, you know, maybe Brendan goes to Michigan and gets buried. Right. Right. Possible. Right. So good on him for picking, picking uh, Mankato. Absolutely. Well, that's a great show. Another great show. Again, it sucked not being in the studio, but we made it work. Uh, internet issues, all whatever it is. Uh, you know, like old times. Our, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. To our, to our listeners, you know, you know how this goes, but um, thanks for joining us. Check us out at www.ohiohockeydigest.com for episode archives and a list of upcoming guests. Next week, Connor Rogiski of BG uh, will be joining us and talk a little bit about uh, his high school, how they're doing. They are absolutely brought it back. Uh, you know, we, we want, definitely want to uh, talk to him about that. Um, and it, that'll be good. So we continue to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Big up the crew in the area. Murderer.